Welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Steve Fortunato. The COVID-19 pandemic has cost many Americans their jobs. What about those that were unable to work before COVID-19 because of a disability or if they've become disabled since? Is Social Security disability still an option? The answer is yes. And we talk about it with a Social Security disability attorney on this edition of Sidewalk Talk. I'm joined by attorney Chris Grover. He's part of the Jeffrey Friedman Attorney's Practice. He specializes in social security disability and uh, joining us from his, from his Kenmore home, his kitchen. How are you? Nice to, nice to, uh, to sit down with you, uh, Counselor. How are you? Good morning, Steve. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So you uh, specialize in, in, in social security disability. Before we get into um, what's happening now and how you're dealing with, with, with the pandemic and, and getting work done as, as a lawyer, talk to me, explain, let's make sure we understand what social security disability is because I know there's SSDI, there's SSI. What does it all mean? What is it that, 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 that you guys do for clients? Right. And so a lot of people uh, don't, they, they think of Social Security as, as purely retirement. At some point, I'm going to stop working and, and I'll be able to collect some sort of Social Security, um, hopefully. Um, and, and really, Social Security disability encompasses two different programs, Social Security Disability Insurance and then Supplemental Security Income. So SSDI, the insurance program, is uh, basically the deductions that come out of your paycheck. Uh, you pay into the system as you work, and then if for some reason you become disabled and unable to work, then you're able to collect benefits um, because of a disability. Uh, now, for Supplemental Security Income, SSI, um, that's more of a needs-based program. So if you don't have those work credits, but your assets are below a certain uh, amount and, uh, and, and, and you don't really have much of an income, then, uh, then you're able to collect. It's more of like a social services welfare program, if you will. And so um, they both require you to show that, that you're no longer able to work any sort of job on a full-time basis. So essentially, um, those two programs encompass what we normally call just social security disability. So if I, so what you're saying is look at your, your pay, your pay stub and you can see where you're contributing to that, right? So if I'm contributing to that and then I, I, you know, I uh, qualify for social security disability, why do I need a, why do I need a lawyer? What, what do I need a, a lawyer for? So essentially you could technically go through the process without an attorney, but um, it's not a simple process. There's, it's not automatic. Um, there's, a, there's several findings that need to be made. There are several uh, parts of the definition of disability. So essentially, uh, you working your job and no longer being able to do that, um, you know, there's a lot of different systems that will pay you um, just because of that, because you can't work your job. So long-term disability. Um, if you were injured at work, workers' compensation looks at, you know, whether or not you can do your job. Where Social Security literally says, could you go um, to a paperclip factory and sort paperclips? Um, so uh, there, there's several times where we have clients call us, they have a, a strenuous job, they hurt themselves. Um, the question isn't whether you can go back to your construction job. The question is whether there is a job in the national economy that you'd be able to perform on a regular basis. So um, uh, we need medical evidence. Uh, we need doctor's opinions. 
We need um, objective testing and laboratory findings. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so, so that's why uh, we think that putting the, your best foot forward uh, in the first place, getting all the evidence that you need, um, having someone represent you uh, in front of a judge uh, at a hearing, um, it can be can be a daunting task to, to sit in front of someone and, and, and give your case. So uh, that's why we think that it's important to get a professional to put your file together, get your case together, make sure that they're pointing you in the right direction, and then put your best foot forward to try to, uh, to, to get the benefits that in many cases you paid for you know, throughout your career. Yeah, and you mentioned workers' comp. So this doesn't have to be an at-work injury. This is right when you're talking about social security disability. And I think that's where a lot of people may get confused. Yeah. And so social security disability, I mean, I have clients ranging from um, motor vehicle accidents to uh, slip and falls. Uh, there are clients who come from the workers comp um, arena to, because they're no longer able to work anymore at all. They're not going to be able to go back to work. You know, workers comp looks at it, at it as hopefully you can get back to work. But um, Social Security's definition is basically if you can't work for 12 months or more, most clients that I see, um, they're probably not going to go back to work. Um, some, uh, you know, maybe they have a surgery that didn't go the way that the doctors thought and, and it ends up going a little bit longer and they might need an, another surgery and some rehab and things. So they're maybe out for two, two and a half years where they're, they're laid up and not, be, not able to do much. But then um, Social Security, you know, They'll, they'll stop paying you um, willingly if you're able to go back to work. And so uh, that's the other kind of misconception is people think that this is like some sort of a, a sentence, right? Um, and, and I want my clients to, to be able to get better. I mean, you're inevitably going to make more money uh, in the workforce than you are on Social Security disability. Um, no one's getting rich on Social Security disability. And that's another um, you know, kind of misconception. Um, if, if I can have a client and I can get them money for a period of time that they were unable to work and they get themselves to the point where uh, they can find something that they can do, I mean, that, that's a win in my book. Um, you know, somebody who's uh, compensated roughly for the time that they were unable to work and then able to reenter the workforce is really, uh, those are the greatest stories that we have. So this is the safety net that you pay for anyway, right? And then, and what you're saying is one of your goals is if you're, if you're unable to work for a year, you, you, you need help. This is why it's there. And then if you're able to get better, well, then you go back to work, right? Absolutely. Like I said, we have clients who come from us uh, or come to us with all kinds of uh, ailments and, and impairments. Um, Mental health can have uh, a huge impact on a person's ability to work. Um, uh, illnesses and diseases, um, uh, cancer diagnoses. Um, there are a lot of people who struggle for a long time and then find remission. So, uh, you know, for any reason, if someone's unable to work for a year or more and they're covered by, uh, and they meet the, the, the administrative kind of uh, non-medical requirements, um, that they've paid into the system and all that for SSDI and then uh, the income and financial requirements of SSI, um, then, then they're entitled to benefits. We were talking before, uh, before uh, this particular episode and before we started recording, uh, you, you mentioned you've been there uh, at Jeffrey Friedman Attorneys uh, for 10 years. Um, 
so this is an interesting, you know, there's all different, uh, you know, my, my dad was a corporate lawyer, right? Uh, we, there's all different forms of, of practices or, or all different things you can specialize in. So why are you in, in, in this particular field? Why, why social security disability? I think that the biggest reason is that, um, you know, most attorneys say that, you know, uh, they got into it to help people. Um, and I really feel like I'm helping people. I mean, we have, we have clients who um, are really struggling to make ends meet. They're waiting uh, a year and a half to get a hearing in front of a judge um, to make a decision on whether or not they're eligible for these benefits. Um, they're trying to scrape by, put food on the table, pay their rent, um, keep their kids, you know, in, in, uh, sports programs. It's, I mean, some of these stories are, um, are heartbreaking and, and we legitimately get to, um, provide them a sort of a financial lifeline. Um, if, if they didn't have this, then, you know, a, a lot of people lose a lot, even just waiting for the system. So, um, you know, getting to assist people in um, being self-advocates, you know, in their own health, to make sure that they're getting the proper care, to um, to make sure that they're, because the evidence that I need also requires them to disclose to their doctors all of the problems that they're having, right? And so the more that I can um, impact a person's um, ability to manage their health and wellness, manage their uh, medical care, make sure that they're going to the doctor um, and, and express how important that is. Uh, I mean, I, I, we're, we're doing um, really good work here. You think of, of lawyers as litigious. Of course. I mean, you, 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 uh, you're in the argument industry, you're in the proof industry, right? Um, but you're also a human it sounds to me, based on what you just said, there's there, you you have true empathy for your clients. Um, your when you help a a, a client, uh, it must be really a, a gratifying feeling for you. Is it a lot of gratification in, in what you do? Absolutely, and uh, I mean, I think that the farther you look out at your own network. Um, you see people in your life who um, who may need to benefit from something like this, who may have benefited from something like this, and you put yourself in their shoes. And um, if I got in a car accident tomorrow and um, and I was unable to uh, get out of bed and I needed a surgery and, and I'm having a hard time getting around comfortably or, or, or walking uh, to the end of my driveway to get, to get the mail, um, you start to put yourself in these people's shoes and like, what would I do? What, what is there for people? Um, and whether it be a long-term solution or a short-term solution, um, when you can, when you hear these people's stories and you can get the outcome that, um, that we're looking for, um, and it allows them to get caught up on bills, um, to, to pay friends and, and family back that they've been borrowing uh, from, and to, to kind of get their lives back in order. Um, I mean, how, how don't you feel good about that? COVID-19. So how has, our, our, how has that affected how you're conducting business for your clients? How are, how are you representing them? 
are, are, are we doing this uh, remotely like we are? are? Are you in front of the judge remotely? What, what's happening? So essentially we're trying to keep, um, keep our daily practice as, 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 you, as normal as possible. Um, we're following all the guidelines by the, uh, the governor's orders. And, um, and so we're doing everything remotely. Uh, and what that means for uh, Social Security clients is that um, they should know that the Social Security Administration is also working remotely. Uh, the field, the local field offices are processing applications over the phone. Um, they're doing things by uh, telefax and, and uh, uh, internet. Uh, they're, they're kind of trying to make things as, as easy as possible. Uh, new rules are coming out. You know, there are, there are guidelines that they're uh, abiding by. And, and so the other part is the hearings. So um, we aren't doing video hearings uh, and, and there's nothing that's coming down yet, but uh, they're doing them by telephone conference. They're not mandatory. So we can always ask for a postponement when this is over to try to get clients into uh, in, in front of a judge. But um, in cases where we think that it's, uh, that it's a, a, a good idea and the clients are willing, um, we want to get these cases settled as soon as possible. We want a judge to make a good decision um, now instead of six months from now. Uh, these people have already waited um, more than a year to get their um, to get you know to get their hearing, and we don't want to postpone that any more than we have to. So uh, so yeah, they're they're holding it by hearing. Uh, we're talking to our clients. Um, uh, we're in constant contact. Uh, nothing's uh, too different besides uh, not meeting in person. So you're open for business. Are, are, are some, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm making an assumption here. I have no research to prove it, but I'm assuming there are people that are, are thinking that courts, you know, there is, it's not business as usual or it's not, they, they can't get the help right now and they have to wait until we're back to normal, which that could be a long time. Do you think that's happening, that, that people are, are holding off in, in, in trying to, they talk to you or anybody to see if they can uh, uh, move forward w with a claim. I mean, yeah, probably. Um, I, I think that right now we're probably getting to the point where people are starting to feel like this is a little bit more normal. Uh, we're starting to get used to our lives at home uh, a little bit uh, being a, a month in now. And so, um, so Inevitably, I think that, that there's going to be people who are more concerned with, uh, you know, keeping their house in order. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, people should know that, that the court systems are open. Um, the New York State court system is uh, doing their best to, uh, to move forward. Uh, the federal court system is, is, you know, everyone's issuing guidelines constantly to try to um, maximize efficiency and try to keep things from completely bottlenecking because, um, you know, worst case scenario is that everything completely shuts down and then, um, and then everything's overloaded and, and we don't want to get into a, uh, a place in social security where we're waiting longer than we already are to have a hearing for people. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we, we just want people to know that, that, uh, that the system's still working. If they want to file an application with uh, social security on their own, they can, uh, they can go right on the website and, and do that. Do you think, um, people, uh, this COVID-19 could also affect uh, people in that they may be able to, maybe they're, they could uh, 
qualify for SSDI based on what's what's unfortunately happened to them? Would or am I way ahead of myself here? Well, I, I think that there's a number of circumstances that, that we're looking at the possibility of having um, new types of cases. Um, we don't know what COVID, you know, the people who, who get COVID-19 and are able to recover from it, what the long-term long -term effects are going to be. So, uh, I mean, if it results in, you know, respiratory issues down the road. I mean, there's just no telling. Um, but inevitably, there are probably some people who had jobs that were giving them some sort of an accommodation um, who are who might not have those jobs to go back to. Um, inevitably, the economic impact is, is likely going to result in um, unemployment numbers that are that are high, even when we're able to open back up. I mean, there are just businesses that aren't aren't going to survive, most likely. So, if um, you know, there are certain rules with Social Security once people hit certain age categories, where it's um, it's easier to qualify, essentially. And uh, so, if we do have somebody who is working a job and they were getting some accommodation, but they're not going to be able to go back to that job, where are they going to go? I mean, if you're a 55-year-old uh, construction worker who was, you know, kind of on the lighter duty side of things um, because you've been with a company for a long time, then if that company goes out, how are you going to go get a job with another construction company with those same uh, light duty? Um, it's just uh, not really feasible. So, um, I mean, these are these are cases that we're starting to um, look at. I mean, it's um, these are cases that we've dealt with, but this this circumstance with people not being able to go back to their jobs uh, is going to create, you know, probably some uh, some need for Social Security to step in. This is where a counselor can help then, because someone who has expertise in that field, it's just, I suppose, if there's a question, a phone call to to uh, a SSDI expert, a, a lawyer. I mean, that, that's where you would start, right? Absolutely. And, and there's several times when people call and they have questions about this, that, or the other, and, um, and we're going to give them, uh, you know, the best answer that we can try to point them in the right direction. If it's something that we can help with, then, uh, then absolutely we'll, we'll, we'll give them the information that they need and, and help them. Chris, let's get personal here. Uh, we are, uh, we're, we are uh, talking with Chris Grover from uh, uh, Jeffrey Friedman Attorneys. He's a social security disability uh, expert, uh, and, and that's where his practice is. Uh, but you are uh, from, El Wait, you're from Elmira, correct? Uh, correct? Went on to UB and have an interesting story. And I want to tell this story uh, because there's people out there, uh, young men and women, that are thinking about maybe I want to be a lawyer someday. So you went to UB and then you went to, but, but then tell me the story. You, you did not go right from UB to UB law school, right? You went to, you took a job and happened to be at Jeffrey Friedman attorneys. Tell me about it. Right. And so my, my undergrad degree, uh, I had a concentration in legal studies and um, I knew it was something that I was um, interested in, but um, I, I looked for jobs in, in law offices and, and got a job with Jeffrey Friedman attorneys uh, doing some file clerk work and uh, a paralegal job opened up. Uh, I kind of stepped right into it and did that for uh, a period of time and then realized that, that law school was something that I was still really interested in. 
Um, and so I, I took the leap, uh, went to law school. Um, I kept working for Jeffrey throughout uh, my, uh, my time in law school, uh, part-time here, summers there. And then um, when I graduated, there was the opportunity to uh, separate into, uh, into a role. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, for, for young people looking at, um, at any field of work, uh, if you haven't been in it, then you should probably try it. Um, go get a job, uh, see the people that, that, that you aspire, you know, see the job that you aspire to have and make sure that it's something that you're you're interested in. I mean, for me, it was um, it, it didn't take very long. It was it was a bit of a no-brainer. But um, but yeah, I mean that that's you know I, I wanted to get some real-world experience. I wanted to um, provide that to to law schools as well. Um, show that uh, that I was committed to uh, the practice and um, and I think that it, it it really did help me in in law school just knowing the ins and outs of a, of a law office to start with. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, basically started in the mailroom and learned what you could. Uh, and, Absolutely. Right. Right. So uh, anyone that, uh, so yeah, you're right. It, it, uh, different fields, you know, you could, you could work as, as an intern and, and learn and figure out if you like what's there and, and, and then take advantage of that. If you do a good job, those people might want to hire you someday. So it's not just about the classroom. It's about getting real world experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that's, uh, how do you know if you like something, if you don't, if, if, if all you know is the theory behind it, right? So what is it? What's the number one thing when you were there you're like, I, right, this is it. I, I figured it out. This is what I want to do. I'm going to go to law school. What is it that you and you enjoyed so much and, or thought you would enjoy so much? And obviously it's come true because you stayed with it. What, what is that one thing? I think it's just getting your, your, your hands dirty, you know, getting in there into a file, finding the argument, um, spotting the, the issue that, that really needs to be addressed. Uh, I mean, I, my mom told me that, that, that I should be a lawyer because I'm good at arguing, um, at, you know, when I was young and, and it was something that I was always interested in. In Elmira, I was part of the, the youth court system. And um, so I, I had dabbled here and there, but uh, until I really got into it and saw what, what's really entailed and, um, and really dissecting a file and looking at medical records and making an argument, and presenting that argument in front of someone, um, that's really where, where I realized that it was something that I, that I was going to be doing. All right. Uh, Chris Grover, I appreciate your time. I, I wish you luck. Chris Grover from Jeffrey Friedman Attorneys. Uh, he specializes in, in social security disability. Counselor, thanks for your time. Appreciate what you guys are doing and, uh, and stay safe. Thank you, Steve. You too. Thanks so if uh, thank you. So uh, you can download any of our podcasts uh, on your uh, podcast platform of choice. Uh, you could also uh, uh, watch any of our podcasts by visiting our website, shovelthesidewalk.com. And if you or somebody you know has a story that you think needs to be shared, just fill out a simple form on our website and, and, and we'll make that a, a future podcast. Again, thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you uh, to, our, uh, to anybody out there that's listening or watching. Thanks for participating. And uh, I'm Steve Fortunato. Uh, this has been Sidewalk Talk.